Oh God, bless us this day with your Holy Spirit. Let it pour out upon us and strengthen our faith as we live in you and walk in your ways. As the Holy Scriptures are read, let the words we speak ring true and our thoughts be devoted to you. May we be blessed in your wisdom as we meditate on your word for this day. Let all that we do be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. And let God's people say, Amen. Our reading today comes from assorted sections of Job. Job 11, 1 through 12, Job 12, 1 through 5. Job 15, 1 through 9, Job 16, 1 through 6. Zophar from Nahum, I responded. Should all these words go unanswered? Or a wordy man be justified? Will your idle talk silence everyone? Will you mock and not be put to shame? You've said, my teaching is pure and I'm clean in God's eyes. But oh, that God would speak, open his lips against you, and tell you secrets of wisdom. For sound insight has two sides. Know that God lets some of your sin be forgotten. Can you find the secret of God or find the extent of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens. What can you do? Deeper than the underworld. What can you know? Its measurement is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If God passes by, imprisons someone, and calls a trial, who can stop him? He knows worthless people, sees sin, and certainly takes note. A stupid person becomes intelligent when a wild ass of a person is born tame. Job responded, Surely you are the people, and wisdom will die with you. I am also intelligent. I'm not inferior to you. Who isn't like these people? I'm a joke to friends who called to God, and he answered, The innocent and blameless one is a joke, a torch of contempt to one who is idle, a fixed point for slipping feet. Eliphaz answered, Will the wise respond with windy knowledge and fill their belly with the east wind? Will they argue with a word that has no benefit and with unprofitable words? You are truly making religion ineffective and restraining meditation before God. Your mouth multiplies your sins a thousand times. You opt for a clever tongue. Your mouth condemns you, not I. Your lips argue against you. Were you born the first Adam brought forth before the hills? Did you listen in God's counsel? Is wisdom limited to you? What do you know that we don't know? What do you understand that isn't among us? Then Job answered, I've heard many things like these. All of you are sorry comforters. Will windy talk ever cease? What bothers you that you must argue? In your situation, I could speak like you. I could put words together to oppose you, shake my head over you. I could heap up words, strengthen you with my speech. My trembling lips would be held in check. If I speak, my pain is not eased. If I hold back, what have I lost? This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when we left off last week with Job, Job's friends had been silent for some time. And they had just begun to listen to Job speak about being in such despair that he didn't know what he wanted to do and he just wished that he was dead. 
His friends don't respond in the most helpful of manners. And honestly, his friends are not helping at all. And the problem is, is that all of their responses are predicated on a common belief of the day. Everything happens for a reason, and that reason is something that you did. If something bad is happening to you, it's because you did something bad. If tragedy is befalling you, then you should take a look at your life and figure out what you are doing wrong so that you can prevent that tragedy from happening again. And in Job's time of distress and need, his friends are there to blame him for his suffering. Interestingly, much of Job is made up of this back and forth. And his friends aren't entirely wrong in the arguments they make. They make a lot of very solid theological points. The problem is, that's not what Job needs right now. It's not what he needs at all. But it's what Job's friends give. And it seemingly happens because they are trying to comfort themselves. They want to hold Job as somebody who isn't blameless, somebody who has a fault, and it's because of that fault that everything is happening, and he just has to examine his life. And they do something that people often do when they are confronted with something that doesn't make sense. And they find a way to rationalize it. And they find a way to explain it away. And the problem is, is that they are trying to explain away things that are happening to Job. Not understanding them after the fact, but in the moment, keeping upon him more suffering and more struggle. If you find somebody who has been in a car accident, you don't stop before unbuckling them and getting them to safety and making sure that they're okay. You don't stop and go, okay, now, I need you to tell me, was this accident your fault? Because that's exactly what Job's friends are doing, and it's exactly what so many of us do when somebody is hurting. We stop and we try to figure out the why. Instead of just taking the position of, I am going to be here for you. Job has lost his family his livelihood, his possessions, and now his health. And the response is, well, what did you do to deserve it? They have already listened to Job say that he would rather be dead than alive right now. And his friends aren't helping anything. And the problem is, is that they want to think everything happens for a reason. And the problem with that phrase is that we often try to assume that that reason is something that we have control over or that that reason is something that is directly impacted by our own actions or directly happens to make something happen in our lives. And the problem is that we can't always explain it. If you can tell me why sometimes 
A tornado touches down in the middle of nowhere and nobody is harmed, and other times it comes in and rips apart a community. Explain away as to why that community was destroyed. If you can tell me why sometimes a child is born healthy as can be and lives a long life and other times dies within moments of birth, explain away the reason. We want to be in control. We want to say, I have control over my life and everything that happens happens for a reason and it means that I can make whatever needs to have happen happen. And Job is that reminder. What if you don't know? What if you can't explain it? Job was an upright person, did everything right. Even God saw him as an upright person. And here are all these bad things happening. And all his friends can do is go, well, it must have been something you did. You have to deserve this because why else would it happen? They don't stop to think, well, maybe it happens because sometimes things happen. And we aren't privy to the why. We can't even understand the why. We can't fathom what might be going on. And by saying that everything happens for a reason, we try to write it off that we should just go, well, what are we doing wrong? Too often we try to have answers when no answer is needed. We try to find a reason when no reason needs to exist. When someone is in the middle of crisis, in the middle of suffering, in the middle of pain, we don't stop and say, well, maybe we can rationalize away why this is happening to you. We say, what can I do to help? When somebody is hurting, we figure out how to make things better. Because that is how we show love. And it's how we show grace. And it's how we show mercy. Because when somebody is at the worst possible moment they could be in, explaining why they got there, why they deserve to be there, it's just going to make things worse. In that moment, you aren't helping. You're just causing more pain. Jesus addresses this. He says, well, what do you know about the people who died in that tower that collapsed? Were they all terrible sinners that deserved it? If not, it happened. It happened and all you can do is pray that you live a good life until whatever fate befalls you. Care for one another and love one another. What Job's friends miss in all of this is that Job doesn't need a reason for everything to have happened. Before they even got there, Job had accepted that things had happened. And at this point, he just needed comfort. And he finds that his friends are poor comforters. And the more that they talk, the more Job is driven to challenge God. When Job starts this whole thing, he says, well, the bad and the good happened. 
And I'm still going to praise God because he was still there for me. But the more his friends push him, the more he pushes back. And by the time he is done talking to his friends, he is willing to challenge God and say, well, I don't think I deserve any of this, and I want to reason from God. I want to know why God is doing this. All because he couldn't find a friend with a sympathetic ear who could just bring love. We can only do so much. We are human. We are not God. We cannot fill God's shoes, and the only way we can fill God's shoes is by trying to shrink God down as to be like us. When the truth is, what we really need is to grow our hearts so that we can try to be more and more like God. We don't have to be able to know why. So often we will never know the why. But we don't have to know. When something bad happens, we are there to be comforters, to love, to show mercy and grace, and to say, whatever it is, I am here for you and I can help. This isn't to say that we never look at the reasons that things happen, and if people are doing something to cause pain in their lives, we do want to help them fix it. But in the midst of that suffering is not the time to try. When you lift them out of the suffering, then you can help them to see what changes they may need to make and how they may be able to live a better life. But if you try to give them that in the midst of pain and suffering, they will just see it as more pain and suffering and that you don't care. Because suffering makes us blind. And pain makes us weak. And in that moment, we don't need to be corrected. We need to be lifted up so that we can figure out how to get out of that pit so that we can begin to change. But we can't look around to see what we need to do if we are still in that pit. Don't be like Job's friends. Don't let the people you care about look at you and say you aren't helping. But above all, be kindness, love, and mercy in the face of crisis, in the face of pain, in the face of hurt, in the face of disaster. That everything happens. Everything happens, and that's as far as that statement needs to go. Everything happens, and God will be there. Everything happens, and we can love. Everything happens, and we can be a voice of comfort and grace. 
And we can be a people that shows kindness and help in the time of need. That we may strengthen each other in God's love. That we may lift each other up. And that we may all see a better tomorrow when we face it together with God. Amen.